Where are they? Do you see them? Maybe they've been delayed, your worship. Of course they've been delayed. If they hadn't been delayed, they'd be here. Well, that makes sense it does. I'll wait here. You go to town and look for them. Do you have any coins? Yeah, we might get hungry. Uh, You two are pigs. He's not a nice man. So by saying we was pigs, he was not complimenting a healthy appetite? No. What can I get you? Mocha Frappuccino with a double shot of espresso. Oh, add a shot of caramel. You got it. Thanks. So, as I was saying, the existence of wormholes may be considered theory, but... Wait, let me guess. You've seen them. Yes. Or something like them. <laughs> no, you see, I was kidding when I suggested you'd seen them. Yeah, but but I wasn't. Mocha Frappuccino with a double shot of espresso and a shot of caramel. John has attended Professor Blaine Alexander's science class since the start of his college career. He will graduate soon. Each class challenged the way he viewed the world and caused him to consider new perspectives on the physical reality of what he knew. One bold admission in a busy coffee house had been the start of what would become a very personal lesson in science, history and personal courage. Welcome to Time Distortion Day Trip, a presentation of another audio drama that's out of this world. Look, Professor Alexander. No, call me Blaine. I won't be your professor much longer. Blaine. I love your class. I've learned a lot. The talk of wormhole theory is exciting to think about, but... I mean, really, how can you know for sure? That's the good news, John. I do know! But wormholes are discussed in relation to outer space. True. And that's where we've always looked for evidence. They exist on our planet. Although I'm still unsure if they can really be called wormholes. So you've seen them yourself? I have. Weren't you listening at the coffee shop? I tried. Where are we exactly? Uh, about uh, eight miles from town. Uh, if you're asking about the road, it's simply called Road 18. Well, actually a spur off of Road 18. By the way, here are some clothes. Uh, You'll want to change into these. 
but this is like stuff my great-grandpa would have worn. Great powers of observation, John. Oh, and, uh, slick back your hair. Let's meet the others. Others? Oh, first, Henry Hudson. Good day, young man. Henry was originally from Europe, but founded what we now know as New York. We called it New Amsterdam. Indeed you did. Then there came the... incident. Yes, well, my crew put me on a small vessel with my sons and turned us out onto the bay. Uh, That's the Hudson Bay. Oh, it's good to know they named it after me. Uh, Indeed they did, but uh, go on with your story. Honestly, Professor. Uh, uh, Blaine, please. Okay, Blaine. I'm supposed to believe that this is an explorer from 400 years ago that traveled into the future to find us. Believe what you want, boy, I know what I know. Perhaps you'd care to meet Glenn Miller. Hello, John. Blaine has told us so much about you. You're the musician? Yes, the clarinet. And the trombone. I played all over the world in the 1940s. And suddenly you're here in the 21st century. (laughs) Miraculous. Yes, it would appear so. He disappeared over the English Channel, John. During World War II. So, is this like the Bermuda Triangle thing? Well, there is strong activity there, but it's not the only earthbound wormhole. Not by a long shot. And who's this? Ah, yes, well, let me introduce Barbara Newhall Follett. Just call me Barb. Uh, I'm sorry, your name isn't familiar. I was a writer. I guess I am a writer. Before coming here, some of my last memories were of 1939 and then 1692, but I didn't care much for that. Rescued you just in time. In each case, these men, and this woman, were each reported missing when, in fact, they simply disappeared by stumbling across what we will loosely call a wormhole. So you're letting them drive in the 21st century? Try explaining this to the DMV. Now, some of my former students have accepted the assignment of guardians, or handlers for those wormhole visitors we haven't been able to get back home yet. There are more? Sure. Amelia Earhart, John Cabot, Thomas Lynch Jr., Spartacus, (laughs) and even Agatha Christie, but uh, they won't be joining us tonight. Well, why didn't I hear about Agatha's disappearance? Because in her case, we were able to get her back within a few days of her disappearance, and she was willing to stay. Like I said, she won't be joining us this evening. Why do I feel like this is just some huge joke? Because skepticism is a natural brain function when it comes to the unexplained. Professor Blaine Alexander continued to unravel the mystery of wormholes and produced a map on his computer tablet that showed the shifting of wormholes, or temporary time shifts. So are wormholes active all the time? No, the uh, wormholes have a short shelf life. If they didn't, I suppose people would just be popping in and out of history at will. 
Yeah, uh, that makes sense. In England, this type of travel has been known for a long time as the use of ley lines. And like ley lines, wormholes are most active in what is called the time between times. What's that mean? The time between day and night. And the time between night and day. Dusk and dawn. So, how long do you have to make the jump? We first have to hike to the closest wormhole opening and then... Wait. Once the wormhole is active, we have less than 90 seconds to make the jump. Although, I'm not sure you can even call it a jump. And how often do you do this? Uh, usually once or twice a week. Now, if you're ready, we have some hiking ahead of us. It's actually quite fun, John. I've been allowed to visit so many different places. Wait, so you don't just shift time, but also location? Sure, but sometimes we even enter a place that is like where we came from, but different somehow. Like an alternate reality. That's good, Johnny. I'll have to write that down. They won't wait for us. We really should get going. The group hiked more than four miles into a forest and then waited. Professor Alexander kept referring to his computer tablet and making new calculations. John wondered what lunacy caused him to follow into the unknown. Everyone else seemed to occupy themselves in different ways that made this seem like something of a community hike. But as the sun began to sink, We have five minutes. Where are we going this time, Professor Alexander? Well, Glenn, I think you'll appreciate tonight's outing. Why is that? We're heading back to 1953 to a small town in Iowa. If my research proves correct, this will not only prove the existence of wormholes to my student John, but will also provide a special treat for you. Well, that just sounds all right, Professor. I'll trust you. Is everyone ready? Yes. Sure I am. I am. Where's the sound? Uh, what sound? In movies, there's always sound associated with monumental science fiction events. Uh, key on the word fiction, John. This is science. I'm sorry, there were no noises to match the experience. I hope these sounds will do. We're here. Look. The Egyptian theater. And it has my, my name on the marquee. <laughs> Why, yes it does why we're here? Yes, my friend. That is why. Uh, wait, you might want to put your glasses in your pocket and uh, wear my hat. At least until the lights go down in the theater. We can't leave you here, so we don't want anyone to recognize you. But what do we do for cash? You seem to think I've never done this before. I've been to the coin shop and purchased $50 in old bills from the 1940s. That should pay for a movie now and some shakes after. No one should suspect a thing. I've always loved the theater. Sit with me, Johnny? Um, <laughs> okay. The group entered the theater and watched Jimmy Stewart play the role of Glenn Miller. After the show, the group walked down the main street to Aber's diner. 
What'll it be? Mm, five banana splits and uh, some french fries. Coming right up. You can take the table over there if you like. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, I don't think I speak anything like that Stuart fellow. They got so many things wrong. It was just a movie, Glenn. Well, they did a nice job with the music. See, there is something, Glenn. And while it certainly doesn't feel like home, it's to be preferred to the 21st century. They're things. They're almost like black magic. Like a cell phone. Mm, precisely. You pull out a small box, and someone talks to you as if they are standing right there. But they never are. <laughs> I know what you mean. Mm, it's frightening, really. I, for one, really like the movie, Glenn. I thought they did a nice job remembering you. Well, perhaps I am just being overly critical. That's strange. What's that, John? Those two guys that just walked in. They don't really look like they belong in the 1950s. <gasps> uh, it's time for us to leave. Now. Hey, you forgot your banana splits. Yeah, keep the change. Oh, too late they spotted us. Run! Who are those guys, Blaine? Uh, they're the travelers. They also know about the wormholes. But what do they want? They want our guest. The travelers had sought out famous individuals who had slipped through wormholes. Early captures saw their leader attempting to return the missing individual in exchange for being recognised, but many celebrities only thought of their time away as an extended dream. It didn't take long for the travellers to become more aggressive in seeking out those who had gone missing by seeking ransom from family members who could not even find their loved ones with assistance from the police. In all cases, the family members had simply slipped through into another time and place and had no idea how to return. The travellers had acquired the technology to follow Professor Blaine Alexander. This wasn't the first time they had used that technology to get close. I had no idea they were this close. What's wrong, Professor? The travellers can follow us to any point in time in the past. All the good work we've been doing will be worth nothing if I can't get you all back to the 21st century. Can't the travellers just follow you there? No. Yes. Maybe. No offense, Professor, but that makes no sense. The travelers come from 1850s England, judging by the way they dress. The wormholes only seem to work in reverse. I can go back in time, but I can't go forward beyond the date it was this morning when I left the 21st century. Okay, two flaws. One, if you can't go forward in time, how did any of your guests get to the 21st century? And two... How did those guys from the 1850s get here? Good questions. I can answer both with one answer. Any individual from the past can move into the future by being escorted by someone from the future. Then I'm trying to understand how Henry Glenn and Barb got here. Blaine found me in 1692. 
Each of us were found by the professor and brought to the 21st century with him. Okay, so that explains how you three got here. But what about the travelers? That's the problem. I may have shared my discovery with certain Professor Clark Williams. Oh, didn't he teach pop culture at the university? Yes. He discovered a wormhole and has been gone two years. So when he returns to the present, it is two years before our present. This is confusing, but an intriguing idea for a novel. When you can never write. I know. So, does that mean that Professor Williams is- Is here? Yes. And he wants to be the one to bring the discovery of some of history's elite members back with him when he returns to his present. I'm still a little fuzzy on why that's a bad thing. Because they should only be returned to as close as the exact time and place they first entered the wormhole. My research has led to hundreds of lost individuals being returned to their families. Why don't we ever hear about that? Because once the individual has returned to their point of origin, there is no longer any knowledge of a missing person. If I were able to return Barb to 1939 in the exact wormhole she used, then history would never indicate she went missing. It's okay with me if you don't. I kind of like the adventure. There was nothing like this in 1939. Well, actually there was. Maybe. I just never knew about it until I stumbled into it. So if we were returned to the 1940s... Then Jimmy Stewart never would have starred in a movie about your life. Right! Now you understand. They must be back here somewhere. <gasps> Stay quiet! The Professor, he ain't gonna be too happy about this. He never is. You tell him this time. Last time he cut me ears. Can't handle a little boxing, eh? Hey, what was that for? Just seeing if you could handle a good slug. Oh, I didn't much care for that. Then I have made me point. So this time, you tell the professor. Oh, all right. It means I'll be cuffed twice in one day, you know. <laughs> I know. We've got Ike ahead of us, and we have to get there before sunrise. Let's go. Do we need any supplies before we go? No time! Let's go! So where are they? We sees them waiting on food in that village. But they seize us and run away, like frightened mice they did. Yeah, yeah, so they fled on foot. But where are they now? Well, of course, we followed them. Which you are paid to do. No, that's not exactly true, Professor. You feed us, but money, I ain't received none. Enough, you imbecile. Where are they now? Well, you see, the more we follow, the less we find. No shoe marks, nothing. Oh, so they got away. Begging your pardon, sir, but it would seem so. Hey! A just and reasonable response, sir. You think so? You should have kept your mouth shut. Do you remember where I found you? Yeah, 
in the shipyards east of London. Would you like for me to take you back there? Actually, that's a lovely idea. I miss me mum. And shepherd's pie. And Agis. Oh, I love Agis, I do. Well, it has been lovely here with you, Professor, but since you offered, we'd like to go back now. I didn't offer. I was attempting to threaten you. By sending us home? Doesn't seem like much of a threat to me. For a moment, he almost seemed like a proper gentleman, he did. Well, I'm trying to motivate you morons to moving faster to catch Blaine Alexander. You're arguing over nonsense. Move! Going home is nonsense. I think the professor has cracked his noggin, he has. And I don't think he understands motivation. Just a couple hundred yards from the wormhole. I do enjoy these excursions, Professor Alexander. <laughs> but the trip home can be exhausting. I'm not sure how much further I can go. That's not far. <laughs> if we had my ship, I could outrun these heathens. I see them, Professor. Don't let them get to the wormhole. We're going as fast as we can, Professor. Well, your best isn't good enough, is it? Look here, Professor, I've about had my fill. Yeah. You treat us as if... as if we're slaves. Blaine, we need to stop. Barb is injured. Well, maybe you can pick her up and carry her. We're close. If we miss this wormhole, we are here for at least 12 more hours. Let's go. There. Ahead. See the slight visual distortion? Like a mirage. Yes! That's our wormhole! <laughs> then we've made it. So you would think. Professor Williams. <laughs> Blaine Alexander. You know, it was only a matter of time before I caught you. I think you have something I want. These people aren't a commodity to buy and sell. I've been trying to get them home. By taking them to a movie? How quaint. Perhaps not my smartest move. I think it's time I reintroduced the world to Henry, Glenn, and Barb. We're leaving now. You can wait until the next wormhole. Or maybe you can, Professor Williams. Would you be quiet? I don't need you interrupting me while I'm giving my departing speech. Oh. It looks like I interrupted, I did. What are you talking about? Can you get us back to London? 1850? Yes, uh, I can. You can't do that. They work for me. Hey, you hush, or I'll box your ears. Nah, stay back if you don't mind, Professor Williams. Uh, you work f for me. Not anymore, your worship. Do we really need to call him that? Huh, I guess not. Good riddance, I say. Professor Williams, I wouldn't advise you to follow us into the wormhole. Is that a threat? Who's to stop me? There's no time to explain. Don't follow. It's for your own good. 
We've got to leave. Now. I never would have believed you, Professor, if you hadn't taken me with you. You can understand that making this public would cause great difficulty for all eras. Well, what do you mean? I've already met people who have come back from the future. Can you imagine what it would be like if, say, a bank robber stole a million dollars and went through a wormhole to yesterday? They could transfer the money before anyone even knew it was stolen. That's kind of confusing. If someone were to steal anything, they could go back in time and profit from it before anyone knew it was gone. They could also live a new life with no criminal record. <laughs> I think I'll miss the travelers. Me too. I located Professor Williams' data after he left two years ago. I was able to locate the wormhole that took the travelers home. They seemed very happy to get back to London. Professor? I've made a decision. Yes? I want you to stop looking for a way to get me back to 1939. I've been here long enough. I don't really want to go back. Seriously? I mean, um, that must have been a difficult decision to make. Not as hard as you might imagine. I wonder whatever happened to Professor Williams. Only a singular passing is possible with each wormhole appearance. I warned him not to follow. If earthbound wormholes did exist, how would you know if and when a missing individual returned to the moment in time they went missing? All history is dependent on what has happened. In this scenario, it would be impossible to know because history could shift as quickly as the appearance of a wormhole. The well-known names mentioned in this drama were all individuals who went missing without a trace. No evidence exists that their status was the result of a wormhole. But this audio drama was written to invite listeners to consider one question. What if? Since following Professor Alexander, and his group through the wormhole, I have been stuck in what appears to be some sort of way station. Nothing but wind and sand. Day after day. I see shadows of people passing through what must be wormholes but I cannot find my way out. By the time I reach the shadow, it is gone. There are others here, but they all seem to have been driven mad. Skeletons are common. No one is coherent enough 
to talk to, I must find a way out. I must. I will. Or do I succumb to the madness? Thank you for listening to another audio production of Time Distortion Day Trip, written by Glenn Haskell and produced by April Sadowski. Time Distortion Day Trip features the voice talents of Victoria Sanders as Ava, Heather Farrar as Barb, Harley Schmalz as Barista, Andrew Gilbertson as Blaine, Rish Outfield as Glenn Miller, Richard Milligan as Henry Hudson, Seth Bramwell as John, Michael Hudson as the narrator, John Lingard and Michael Hudson as the travelers, and Darren Marlar as Professor Williams. For more Out of This World audio, please visit us online at another.us. Fan us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter.